It's unusually quiet in the corridors outside Studio 5 tonight. Dick Chafing's chair is unoccupied apart from a small amount of rather pungent mist that hangs around what's left of the seat. Vantian's chair is still spinning from the speed that he left to go and play with his new retro toy. Nurse Wayeth has been attempting to disinfect Harry Balzac's stool and is currently looking at a note, obviously in Harry's handwriting, that says, please excuse Harry from games this week as he has the lurgy. The remaining presenters are having to clamber over piles of scrap to move around the studio, as it seems that during Operation Hot Mess, some pilots have been delivering holds completely full of scrap, but leaving with their racks underfilled with mugs that have been fashioned from the imported metal, which has resulted in a surplus of 2,000 tonnes of the stuff. Loose knockers has been prizing up the floor panels, and Norma and Wilma have been trying in vain to stuff some of the scrap down there. Only one person appears to be calm. Commander Wotherspoon. Gaunt, haggard, starving on a diet of only Golnet news. Looks at his smartwatch. Tells it where it can stick its step count. Folds up his newspaper facsimile and points ostentatiously at the control room. A red light on the desk illuminates. Wotherspoon leans forward just a little and utters the words that show that he, at least, has been paying attention. Our mics are live. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Hutton Orbital Radio News. Tonight, I'm one of your anchors. I'm Norma Snockers. And I'm another anchor, Wilma Fingerdoo. I'm without rancor, Commander Wotherspoon. And I'm a complete wa- uh, No, I saw what you did there, trying to get me to say something rude. I'm Loose Knockers, and I'm the soul of the show. Not my soul, or your soul, but our soul. Oh, God. I think Ow. we'd better get... I think we'd better get on with the news. <laughs> Spokesman for Lakeland Spaceways hits rock bottom. Nocti celebrates the little tea leaves. Flossie's back in one piece. Amundsen astronauts make alternative approach. You can take the girl out of the combat zone. Is it time for the comfy chair? Hutton mugs are magic. Atris 5060's in-depth analysis of the Thargoid invasion. Commander Rincewind Cymru is not going to be happy. And Norma goes on about goings on.
on Monday, our very own apology officer led a call to arms. Not only arms, but also legs. A head, naughty bits, and a rather unsightly lump that joins them all together. To wit, the Don's dastardly pirates had attacked the Titanic Texan top trucker triumph telecasting talker, Mr. Buck Naked himself. Buck's ship was crippled and never one to reject a challenge, Buck went down on a planet. The planet Imhotian, or Emotion, depending on how you pronounce it. Number four, to be exact, a high metal content world that had just a little more metal than before, to the tune of one Lake on Spaceways Type 9, plus be Buck's belt buckle. The non-cowskin space cow lay near coordinates 57.7, negative 59.1, and despite all efforts from pilots to jump-start it or drive multiple SRVs underneath and try and move it, as if Buck's ship was part of Stonehenge or the start of a very small pyramid, the space cow, the only ship in the galaxy that has a special compartment for Buck's used tissues, lies there still. But you are not to worry. Buck himself has been rescued, along with his cargo of mugs, and the belt buckle we mentioned earlier. What no one seems to have been able to locate are Buck's space trousers, or pants, as he whimsically calls them. He claims that they flew out of the window on landing, but no one's been able to find them anywhere on the surface of the planet, and suspicions have been aroused that they never existed. Buck assures us that nothing else has been aroused and explains that there's nothing to see here and what do you expect? It's cold in space. The primary POF potterer, Major General Noctivagus, has been branching out this week and his little 3D printer has been working all the time, producing coasters as badges of honour in recognition for those people involved in teabagging at Hutton Orbital. Apparently, there are quite a few adventurous commanders who like to dip in now and then in their spare time, such as Montgomery Python, for example. But he does insist on dressing up for the part and you have to call him Brian before he can empty his load. Even Flossie can be persuaded to take part in this activity if you ask her nicely. We salute all the Hutton teabaggers and trust that they are following the correct procedure. 1. Run your tap before teabanging. Ensure you have a good floor and don't come to the boil until you are ready. 2. Drop your bag into the waiting receptacle and give it a quick wiggle around. 3. Wait patiently. This can take 4 or 5 minutes. 4. Give it a gentle squeeze before pulling out. Don't press too hard or else you'll end up with a nasty taste in your mouth. 5. Now it's time to finish off the way you like it. Everyone is different, but remember, no cream. All right-thinking people in the galaxy breathed a sigh of relief on Monday when a royal proclamation was nailed to the gates of Flossie Towers, declaring that her ladyship had received a replacement fuel rat mug after breaking it two weeks earlier. It's only a mug, you might say, but it's a little-known fact that fuel rat's mugs are integral in the process of refueling. How else do you think that the fuel gets from their main tank 
into the fuel transferring bits. Flossie is just grateful that she no longer needs to use a siphon tube to transfer the fuel, as the fumes were making her hallucinate and see new community goals, for example. Almost two weeks ago, a small ragtag fleet of hotbox commanders, led by Short Engineer 78, set off for the outer reaches of the Milky Way. The original plan was to head out to the Formidine Rift and meet up at the Zorura, an abandoned megaship on the far side of the rift. But, of course, the plan didn't survive its first brush with the hotbox commanders. A quick change of destination sent our intrepid band out to the very edge of the galaxy. Amundsen Star is the most southerly reachable place anyone can go to. As they got closer, Short Engineer noticed something, or rather, lack of something, between their current location and the hazy end of the outer spiral arm. There was, well, nothing. Nada. Niente. Nicht. Nishto. Nout. With, at best, a 75 light year jump range, this was going to cause some issues. The plucky explorers girded their loins and decided to cross at the Formidine Rift, where the Zurara is. So, the derelict giant was back on the itinerary. After a brief meetup with a, long, a lot of ooing and eyeing, trying to look in windows and scanning logs, they set back along the outer spiral arm and have since enjoyed a pleasant evening of material gathering in preparation for the last leg of the journey. On Sunday, the merry band of windswept and interesting intrepid voyagers will set sail for Shackleton Star, the first waypoint in a series of Jumponium-fueled big jumps, which will take them to their final destination, the Galactic South Pole at Amundsen Star, where they hope to observe indigenous wildlife, build campfires, and sing some songs before making their way home in time for the final weeks of hot mess. For those of you wondering why parasol mollusks don't eat shard crystals, it's because they live at opposite sides of the galaxy and never encounter one another in the wild. Favourite of the Pilots' Federation, selfless fuel rat and tireless teabagger, Flossie's always maintained that she's not interested in combat and flaunts her harmless status like it's the doctrine of a new religion. Well, all that's gone out of the window, and her true nature is coming to the fore as one of her so-called alternate personalities just raised her combat rating, during what she's trying to convince us is no more than an exercise in material gathering. Oops, I appear to have gone mostly harmless in combat on Fossey 3 while doing Guardian stuff for FSD Booster, said the ravening wolf dressed in fluffy sheep's clothing. NPCs all over the galaxy are quaking in their imitation leather boots, and a well-known wizarding children have decided that this may be a good time to take a break. There seems to be a change of emphasis over at Braben Towers, as recent recruitment has bypassed the usual channels of the Kamora pirates of Don Antonacci, in favour of Iberian interlopers, namely the mysterious and hard to pronounce Jez-Jo-Jez-Jez-Hosi-Harivers, 
I, I can see why you normally give cow these ones. And the slightly less mysterious and definitely easier to pronounce, Bruce Garrido. We certainly didn't expect the Spanish Inquisition. We hope there's no fear of any more surprises and we're sure that they will demonstrate ruthless efficiency and a fanatical devotion to the Pilots' Federation. Unless, of course, they want to annoy the Don and wake up in the Horsehead Nebula. The quickness of the mug deceives the eye. With a plethora of prestidigitation, a cornucopia of conjuring, quieter than Raymond Teller and more baffling than David Blaine, we have shown that Hutton mugs can have mysterious properties. Commander Cometborn has reported that several stations, five at the last count, were apparently mugged as part of Operation Hot Mess, but do not actually have a commodity market anymore. Was it the radiation from an overcharged mug that was in space for far longer than a simple trip to Hutton Orbital? Is there a secret mug collector that steals the water-soluble mug, then makes sure that, no, that there are no witnesses? If this continues to spread, the galaxy's economy could collapse faster than a space line called Fly Beryllium. More news as we receive it. Good evening, truckers. Atrus5060 reporting in with the latest intel on the Thargoid War. Uh, which seems there is none this week. So in light of that, keep up the good work on curing the galaxy of mods and be ready in case of another surprise Thargoid attack. Good luck out there, truckers! And for the mug! Incoming encrypted transmission. Decrypting. Decryption complete. Stand by for a message from Hexcom. Uh, oh well, well, hey there, truckers. This is a uh, Corporal. I'm I'm Commander Took's uh, aide, and uh, Commander Took said that well, I did a, a good job on the briefing last week, and and I could just handle the whole whole thing this week. So. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of quiet out there. And in, in fact, uh, Commander Took wanted me to let you know that we're not going to do any more, uh, regular briefings and, until the situation changes. But if, if those nasty Thargoids come back, you know that we'll, we'll be there to meet them. So, um, if, if you're, uh, wanting to, to do some Thargoid combat, you, you can always go out to uh, the Pleiades or, or that uh, Witch Head sector, and they're always out there. You can find them. Um, what, one thing to watch out for, though, we did hear that there's some uh, anti, anti-Xeno pilots out there that are, that are trying to shoot you up. So, so be careful. Watch, you know, not just them signal sources, but, but also that radar. All, all those uh, squares on there, they're, they're not necessarily friendly. Oh, and, and if you want to, to to do something to help out the the war effort remember that you know we still got a lot of stations out there that need need repair supplies so you can always you know haul stuff out there and and give them a hand if you uh want some help on that you you can always talk to the them real great people over at operation ida because you know that that's what they do and and they'll they'll point you in the right direction if you need any help 
So, um, yeah, I, I think that's, that's it. So, so stay safe out there, truckers, and, uh, keep on defending that mug. Bye. Hexcom message complete. Defend the mug. Encrypted transmission complete. It seems the BGS is not without a sense of irony, as not only has it found the time to impose upon us a brand new state, well, new to us, it's been around for a while, we've just never suffered it, of drought. It's chosen to, to deliver this to the noble system of PSPF-LF2, fondly known as piss flaps. Yes, our piss flaps are devoid of fluids. If all commanders could stop what they're doing and devote some time to moistening the piss flaps, that would make Lael extremely grateful. Oh, and if you can throw some food and machinery into Wise, its infrastructure needs fixing. In Colonia, King Hanky appears to have everything under control, but he has declared a faction-wide diet. So stay off the Doritos and keep all your missions, data, bounties, etc. in Eol, Procol, Centuri and Tia, please. Over to you, my lovely Norma. There's only one community-led event this week. Commander Drew Wagar is currently running his latest law tour, showing the history of the events surrounding Salome and her demise. I'm not going to give you the link though, because the tour is going on right now, this minute, and you should be listening to this show, not gallivanting around the galaxy, following some bloke in a hat. Hot mess is still going, and Fossey will give you the details later. But notable stations to get mugged this week were What No Name Station, Chewy Dick, and Hot Hot Beacon in the Turd Woo System. that was the news uh good evening and welcome everyone we'll be chatting about things in just a few minutes uh but before that our first tune of the evening uh there is a theme but it wasn't set by vantian or simuth will that make it easier to guess only time will tell because poor harry is lying in his sickbed guessing uh guesses please to the amazing commander weatherspoon Oh, and here's a phrase that I never thought I'd hear myself say. It's Take Me to Church, and it's by Hosier. That was a song. That song was Take Me to the Church by Hosier, or Hosier. Awesome song. You liked it. I do, I did. Okay, that's that's good. It's the first time I've heard it, so I have no no preconceptions, but it did sound pretty, pretty laid back and lovely. Um, okay, so there's not many of us here tonight. Um it's Psycho Cow's week off. Yes. And we want to be careful of week offs at the minute. <laughs> 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 yes, which is exactly what, what, what um, um, Harry Balsack seems to be suffering from. He has, he has quite big coughs, actually. So whenever he, tr- whenever he tries to speak, he, he coughs instead. Which is why he's not here tonight. We, we, we invited him to self-quarantine. <laughs> yes. So, so he's 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 sort of infecting all the people in Twitch chat by the looks of it. Okay, <laughs> thank you, Harry. Um, and then um, Vang Tian. Um, he, well, he he was a passenger on a on a dolphin uh, going across to Dublin, and unfortunately, the um, the the uh, 
carrier sort of went bust, and he's now trapped yeah. in Dublin or something. But but apparently he's got some some people have their bodies painted or something. So so he doesn't seem too upset. Well, but, well, that's always fun. Yes, yes. I do worry about what he gets up to sometimes. <laughs> I, I think we all worry. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. yes. Try not to think about it. <laughs> yeah. Good. So, how many of you saw the wonderful Frontier live stream that went out at seven o'clock today? Not at all. Well, me, yeah. I'm afraid. Okay. I was checking out the drought in Pisslops. Yes, as, as, as I was loading Time Raider. You were loading what, sorry? Time Raider. Okay. You were you were teabagging. I was, yes. And and, and and what were you doing then, Wilma? Or if you stopped saying um, Wilma, yeah? <laughs> Amelia. Yeah? Amelia, Wilma, call me anything you like, darling. Uh-huh. Um <laughs> I was working. Oh. It's about working. the saddest thing you can do, but working, hey. working, working. Rawhide, as it happens. Um okay. So I, I I did watch the the FDev live stream. Um, they were introducing a new person. They have a new community manager, I guess, to replace Paige Harvey, um, who who has started her new life as a as a as a content creator on on Twitch. Um, and the new the new gentleman is called Bruce Garrido. Um, that's a Spanish second name, as we noted in the news. And we also have a, a another new person who was in the chat. Who is called? I suppose he's Jose Herreath. So he 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 has Jose. come from he come from a Spanish. Um, do, you, do you want to have a go? Yeah, go for it. Jose Herrares. Jose Herrares. Yes, he he he's the new publicity man for Elite Dangerous, specifically at the moment, which which sounds interesting. And so so if he's Spanish and Garrido is also a Spanish surname, so I suppose it must be Brutha, Brutha Garrido. Um, so Jose Herrera and Bruja Garrido. Um, so that's a new publicity guy and a new community manager. And he actually seemed, you know, and he was quite reserved. He didn't want to, he didn't want to commit to anything at this stage, but, but well, I, he's I guess, just, he's just testing the waters at the moment, isn't he? Absolutely. So. Yes. Yes. He, he's, he's flying an adder at the moment. Yes. And, and, and <laughs> he, he was saying he wants to get one of the really big ships. So he, he said it set his, Said he's sort of eyes on having a cutter, which isn't, uh, yeah, isn't that everyone's dream? An imperial, oh dear! I don't have a cutter, and I don't, I don't. Neither do I. I don't have any plans. For you such can a borrow thing. mine anytime, Flossie. I got a, I got a cutter ages ago, and I never use it. it uh, type nines are my favourite ship. And mine. Type nine, not type ten. To- Greatly no. dislike uh, cutters when I was doing CGs in the past because they always took up all the sloths coming in. See, now I'm I in have... a T9, so I can take. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I have a Type 10 as well. It's called Mr. Squishy in, in memory of Flossie's pet. Oh. Oh, Squishy? <laughs> yeah, Mr. Squishy. Do you remember your jellyfish? You wrote it in your journal. Jellyfish? Yes, what yes. are you on about? <laughs> you read from your journal sometimes. <laughs> oh, that's it. Oh, uh, yeah. Hmm. Oh, that's, yes, that's that. a version of me. We need, we, we need to get another one of those chapters out soon, don't we? Yes, that would be, be so no! much fun. They're brilliant. <laughs> It'd be really nice to know what happens next. Yes. Mm. Yes. <laughs> 
in, in incidentally, I, 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 I should say that if anybody has news that they want to contribute to the show, please do get in touch because we are more than delight, delighted to, um, to, to, to feature what commanders have been up to. But we don't always know what commanders have been up to. So if you tell us, then we'll know. Um, I, I believe that might have been the very last Hackswing report we're going to get until the Thorogoids come back, which is a bit sad. Um, yeah. So thank you very much to mm. <clears throat> Commander Falco Took for, um, for doing those for us. Um, but it does seem like, oh, it's a bit like doing Galnet Digest, you know, kind of, there's no news again. So, um, but there, there was actually some some slight glimmer of hope on the Frontier live stream about Galnet because um, Stephen did reiterate that if there is anything in game that warrants sort of a Galnet news story, then that will still happen. So, um, what's so, something like oh, dropping a mug at every single station? <laughs> that would be good, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, yes, it and, would, um, wouldn't it? I, I'm, I'm, yeah, Just except saying. that that's, that's a community event, and apparently they don't do community events anymore. Which is How dare you call us a community? Except they, <laughs> except they did, of course, for Distant Worlds 2. Um, they, they had a number of Galnet articles for that, so, hmm, yeah. Yeah. It's not beyond the bounds of possibility. You might need to have a quiet word in somebody's ear. You do that. Don't, don't send David, then he doesn't do quiet. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, indeed. He needs to stand at the other side of the room and have a quiet word with someone. Uh, what else have we got? E- ECM. ECM is still happening. I've, I've seen like, some really interesting pictures about sort of loads and loads of sort of ancient, uh, you know, like um, antique consoles from the 1970s and 80s. Um, cool. Some of which may be, may be coming along, which, which looks pretty impressive. And um, you may know that... Sally Morgan Moore, who left to work for a company called No Breaks Games, halfway up Mount Tidy in, in um, where is it? What's the name? Is it Tenerife. 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 That's different from Madeira, is it? Yes, I think so. They don't Just do cakes in Tenerife. Okay, right. Oh, that's sad. Okay, there's no Tenerife cakes you can buy. I think I'd Not like yet. a Tenerife cake. Hmm. Yes. Challenge for Palantir. Yes, yes, I think you could do that. <laughs> He likes his food, does Palantir. Um, but anyway, um, she, she works for this company in Tenerife <laughs> and uh, recently had a significant amount of Sahara land on her and is now not that far away from a place where there's lots of coronavirus. Um, so it's, it, it's nice out there. Um, and uh, her company, No Breaks Games, is going to be sponsoring some of the prizes for ECM, which is very kind of her and them. Mm. So, uh, looking forward to what they are, and we, we we do actually have quite a quite a large raffle prize hall at the moment. So that's that's going to be going to be interesting. And in fact, uh, later on we'll we'll talk a little about about some Antarctic mugs as well. Except they won't be ECM ones. We haven't decided what's quite quite what's quite what is going to happen with those yet. But I am so excited about ECM. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is my first Hutton event that's not been like it's a proper one, not like a pizza meet or something like that. This is my it, first official. It is it is a proper one, and you get to sit on a stage and do one of these shows. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. To people, <laughs> to people, you, to real people that can, can actually, actually look at you. Actually, real see their audience. eyes glazing over as you as you try and try and say <laughs> funny things at them. Yes, it's 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 an experience. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it, it is going to be good. And and rather rather nicely, uh, Bruce oh, Brutha, Brutha Garrido is um, the new community manager. He he is going to be coming along to ECM if he can get a ticket, which obviously that, that's will be right a because the, the tickets yeah. are so scarce at the moment because they sold they out. So yeah, I hope they can get one. Than sanitizing hand gel. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. I, I I went to my local supermarket and there was no sanitizing hand gel. Not even the stuff that's antibacterial and which does absolutely no good against viruses. Um, and strangely enough, there was no toilet paper either. Which rather that is rather, weird. It is weird, isn't it? Appar- apparently, there's a kind of Australian craze for building castles out of out of toilet paper, and it might have caught on here as well. Try so, farm uh, foods; they usually have some. Try who? Sorry. Farm foods. That's where we get ours from. <laughs> farm foods. Yep, believe it. How tasty is toilet paper? <laughs> it's a lot of thoughts. Okay. It's heavy duty. It'll, it'll do. It. It'll allow a cow to clean itself up, so it'll look after you too. Okay. Moving right along, uh, we have we have a number of events coming up in the United States of of of. America, United States of America. It's a place where the Federation comes from. The, the, <laughs> the yes, indeed, the the, um, the 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 United States of America became the federal states, and, and effectively became what we now know as the Federation, which is based on Mars at Olympus Village. Um, before the Third World War, it was based on Earth. Mm. Saw three, and. In that United States, before the Third World War, there's going to be some things happening. Do you want to tell us about them, Amelia? Yeah. Well, I mean, in a few weeks' time, it's going to get insanely busy. With There's, there's going to be no less than three meets in eight days. So um, the first is way over on the West Coast, uh, the West Coast Spring Pizza Meet. And that's on Saturday, March the 28th. And the address is 4010 196th Street. Southwest Linwood, um, WA98036-6715. Um, it's about 25 minutes drive from the center of Seattle. Um, you need to check the times because it's in the afternoon, not the evening. And it's this is being organized by Commander Taran. Now, there is uh, event listings on our Facebook page for all of these events. So check out our Facebook page to, if you want to know more details. Uh, six days later... It's the first of two events that uh, Good Old Buck is hosting. Um, they're going to have a special guest star because Van Tien, um he'll be heading off to the event uh, as, <laughs> as long as, it says here, as long as we're not all confined to barracks due to outbreaks. Ah, this is super carrier Van Tien. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mm. Um, so he'll be skiving off from doing the radio duty that week because uh, of something called time zones any excuse yeah any excuse anyway that's on friday april 3rd um and it's the hutton elite dangerous san antonio meet and that's from 6 p.m to 9 p.m at 155 east commercial street san antonio texas 78205-2226 and on the very next day saturday the 4th of april they have the Hunt Orbital Texas Beer and Food Truck Meet. Oh, God. And that's at 12470 Milroy Lane, Conroe, Texas, 77304-5160. And that's uh, 
about an hour's drive north of central Houston, according to Google. Um, and that's from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. And Vantin will also be there if he's awake. Wow. So before we have our first event in the United Kingdom, there's going to be three events in the United yeah. States. So well, the they, they, do, they do things a lot yeah. bigger over there, you know? They do, don't they? Yes, yes. I've noticed this. They, 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 they do big hats. I've yes. heard about their big hats. Yes. So Washington on the 28th of March, April the 3rd in San Antonio. Yeah. And then 4th of April in kind of Conroe. Houston. Conroe, yes. Okay. And I was driving both of those places That's all, that's all about Houston, isn't it? Yeah. An hour's drive, that's nothing to, to an American. Yeah, okay. So, so, so they're doing loads and loads of fun stuff. And then it's not until the following week on the 11th of April that we have ECM, sadly sold out. But hopefully there may be a few return tickets that will go on sale. So if anyone's missed out, there's still Fingers a small crossed. possibility. Yeah. Wouldn't that's... want any of them to go to waste. So I, I hope people are watching and, and well, uh, exactly, yes. grab them when they become available, if they become available. We will do our best to publicize it when that happens. Um, yes, yes, we certainly wouldn't want any of the, any of the lovely lunch to go to waste. Yes. Um, and indeed, the opportunity to enter the wonderful raffle prize. Um, right, okay. <laughs> Sorry, uh, we've had a guest from Falco Took. I will come to that. Okay, um, Aurora Australis is very, very nearly back in Tasmania, I believe. It may even be in Tasmania by now. So the Aurora Australis is uh, an icebreaker which went to Antarctica on a resupply mission. Um, and it took a couple of hut mugs, a silver one and a gold one. And they've been all the way to Antarctica and they come all the way back from Antarctica. I shall read the update from Captain Andy. Okay. Were it not for the low cloud and mist, Tasmania would be in sight. Arr. There's an expectant air and a sense of excitement as the voyage draws to a close with our arrival time expected to be tomorrow morning, Yartes. Kit return is complete and cabin inspections are about to commence under the scrutinous eye of the chief steward. The standard is so high even voyage management have been rumoured to fail on rare occasions. Both the DFP, which is the Dog Freedom Party, and the Fellows of Art, the Chocolate Thieves, have been campaigning for Stay's Freedom, Stay, the fiberglass guide dog, arguing that hierarchy, the hierarchy, are behaving tyrannically and against the will of the masses. All of these are complete nonsense, of course. So, meanwhile, Stay, the fiberglass guide dog, is feeling far more relaxed and is even rumoured to be ready to return once more unto the fray. The two Hutton Orbital mugs, which have appeared in a number of AAD media shots, that's the Australian Antarctic Division, or whatever they are, um, it's an official government department anyway, Department for Antarctica in Australia, uh, and stories from the voyage, you need to Google it to see the full story, but we have posted it in the Facebook group, so you can see it in there as well, or, and, and in Twitter. They've now completed their journey to Davis and Mawson, the two, the two Antarctic bases. And once signed by the captains and officers, and they have been signed by the captains and officers, because I've seen them, they'll be shipped back to the Hutton truckers to raise funds for a special effect, a charity that creates specialised computer hardware and software to enable people with disabilities to access online communities. I, I've forgotten my pirate accent. Oh dear. 
To wrap up, Amy and I would like to say a huge thanks to all of the amazing teams in Australia at the Antarctic stations and on board the ships that come together to make these voyages happen so smoothly and safely. In particular, the crew of the Aurora, the officers who drive the Aurora Australis and get us there through the ice and home again safely. The IRs, that's the integrated ratings, who work the decks and move all the cargo. The galley and stewards who cook and clean every day for the 45 days straight. Over 10,000 meals cooked, 600 sets of linen washed and about 10 kilometres of floors mopped. And the engineers who keep all the moving parts and the whirly bits rumbling along and turning. That's from Andy and Amy for the mug. Well, yes. So, yes, there are, there are, some, there are some real mugs. And there will be an upcoming auction for the real mugs. These are two mugs that have been to Australia, have come back from Australia, that are Hutton mugs. There's also two Aurora Australis mugs, which is kind of like the ship's mugs. And I think there's a hat as well, a cap. Um, and they've all been signed by the, by the, the crew of the ship. And rather, rather stylishly, I, I, I feel. Um, Got to say, um, I'll be bidding on at least two of those. <laughs> yes, well, we're not quite sure how we're going to how we're going to work it yet because uh, obviously we want to make lots of money for special effects. Yes, the but more the at merrier. The same time, but at the same time, we we do want everyone to have a chance to 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 win, and uh, so yes, we'll probably come up with some sort of hybrid solution. Um, but, so. <laughs> but but it will be a it will it will have to be away from um, ECM and LaveCon because we want everybody to have a chance to. Uh, to, to win or bid for these quite unique mugs um, because they're a bit special. And the Aurora Australis is, um, is being decommissioned after this voyage. So, so once it sort of arrives back in Tasmania, all spick and span, um, it's going to be replaced by a new icebreaker, um, which will run the next supply mission. So it's a bit sad, but yes. And, and and they have the fiberglass dog, of course, which is, I think, as we discussed last week, um, a guide dog, um, sort of charity box. That is, you used to put coins in the top of the charity box, and it would um, it would go. I think it was for for blind people, but uh, it, it 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 was stolen from Tasmania and taken to Antarctica, um, which which is which is uh, it, it was a protest against um, against uh, losing all the sled dogs. Um, 30 years ago or something um, but um, they, they, they actually held a, a charity auction themselves on board the ship and I think they, they sort of managed to raise something like $22,000 for a, a, a palliative cancer charity um, nice. in Australia which is, which is pretty impressive going given that there's only 100 odd people on, on board the, on board the uh, ship so <laughs> wow. pretty good that's very cool dead meat good evening hello <coughs> Did I see a picture of you in some sort of fancy dress running costume? Well, it was a beautifully bedecked green T-shirt for the uh, last week's charity, the um, Manifield School. Um, a T-shirt? Gosh, it must be hard to run in one of them. Well, uh, not as hard as running in a metal Eiffel Tower. which is made the, uh, the wearer <laughs> about 11 feet tall. Yeah, it must have been quite hard when they went underneath underneath things that were low. Well, he did have to stoop massively to get over the finish line. Uh, there was a <laughs> there was a rhino that from behind looked like an armadillo, which was quite amusing. But again, very difficult to run in. So, yeah, some amazing things going on. Were they making good time? Um, 
They did, yes. I, we, we, I'm glad to say we overtook them. <laughs> because going slower than a metal Eiffel Tower would have been slightly frustrating. <laughs> but, uh, right. yes. So, so how, how, how well did you do? I did very well for me. I got two hours, 14 minutes, which is the fastest I've ever done now. 214. Nice. Congratulations. Thank you very much. I was very pleased. And now I've got a target for next weekend. Or this weekend, depending on how you phrase it. This coming weekend. Yes. Slightly nervous. Okay. (laughs) Although the weather forecast has improved in the last day or so. So it was expecting to be torrential rain. And now it's meant to be overcast, but nice. Overcast, but but hail. Yes. No, hail. Hopefully, just in the sense of cheering us on, not in the sense of being not the size of hammered balls, by no. balls of ice. Mm. Yeah, okay. So, where, where is that one? This one's the Cambridge one. This is the uh, oh, we see the there's a Cambridge one. one. Where was the yes. last one? Oh, the last one was Central London. So, oh, right, I see. Um, which was uh, a lot of fun, actually. We saw a number of buildings a number of times because it's sort of spiralled round on itself. We just went round and round in circles. Uh, pretty much, yeah. Was uh, yeah. that for a special effect as well? No, that was to say a, a school for underprivileged. Well, it's not, it's not for underprivileged kids. It's a school in in an underprivileged area that needs a bit of assistance with its funding. I think they okay. raised about thirty thousand in total. Nice. Um, right. So a rather impressive figure. And then yes, so we're the now other half of your your marathon. Yes. After you've had six and a half days off. <laughs> yes. Is the Cambridge half. Is the Cambridge half, yes. So near to Frontier Towers and in aid of special effects. So ticking all the boxes pretty much. We just need a just need a hearing dogs one now and then we're all yeah. we've got the full set. So Are you wearing um, anything special for the next one? Um no. That doesn't mean I'm not wearing anything. Um and I do <laughs> count my running gear as quite special because it keeps me uh, <laughs> keeps me covered and stops people running away quite so fast. Um, I have a special effect t-shirt to wear, um, but no, no fancy dress or anything silly. Um, I think it's it's hard enough for me to get round, let alone dress up like a baboon or a, a bunch of grapes. There was a bunch of grapes running around. I forgot about that one. I'm sure there was a bunch of grapes. That sounds... And that sounds my favourite so bit, right. Frank, Frank Bruno was running it. Cool. Was he a costume or was he real? He was real. He was oh. genuine Frank Bruno. Um you can, you can go on the site, look at the results, find his name, he's there. Um, okay. And we we passed him about a mile and a half from the end and went, that's, that, that's Frank Bruno, by crikey. And it was, yes, the genuine article. You passed him, did you? We did, yes. Uh. And then we were hoping to get a nice photo at the end of him finishing, but the, the celebrities and elite runners both sort of veered off at the end and went straight into hospitality. So unfortunately, we missed out on the photo, but... They went straight into the beer tent. Pretty much, yeah. Shocking. <laughs> well, I would, if, given the chance, that's what I'd do. <laughs> so would I. So, if yes. people want to sponsor you, what do they need to do? They need to go to, we've got a bit.ly link, bit.ly slash SFX half, which we will stick in the chats and on the Facebook page and whatever. Um, we are. We'd hammered past a thousand pounds last overnight, so we're really chuffed about that. And we're just shy of seventy-five percent of our target, which was fifteen hundred quid. So if anyone's got pennies knocking about that can push us towards that, that would be gratefully received. That would be okay. So it's bit.ly sfx special effects half. Yeah. 
SFX half. Okay. All one word, lowercase, no dashes or anything. Right. Well, good luck in that. Thank you very much. David Torrens. What did David Torrens say? Anyone want to tell us? Is this about SETI? It is. Right. So SETI <laughs> at home. It doesn't say in the script what it is, does it? <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. SETI at home is going into hibernation. Okay. Do you know what SETI is? Um, search for extraterrestrial intelligence. It is, yes. Yes. If that was a guess, it was perfect. <laughs> It was absolutely correct. Um, so, so SETI is, <clears throat> or has been for a very long time, um, a project to analyse a lot of radio signals coming from all around the galaxy, from all different directions, and look for patterns. And because in olden times computers weren't very fast, um, they farmed out a lot of the work. So you, you'd install a, a little program on your computer at home, um, and it would, it would sort of go and collect a bunch of data from the SETI labs, and it would process it, and then it would send the results back up with any with any sort of patterns or anything of the sort. Um, and so, you know, thousands of people sort of ran this thing on their computer at home and wondered why their computers were running really slowly. Um, and the problem now is that the SETI people have like like terabytes of data to plow through. Um, this is this, they had terabytes of data that hadn't been processed, and now they have terabytes of data that has been processed, and it's still terabytes of data. So they've said, could you please stop doing that now? And they're going to start looking at the results and see if they can find any of this extraterrestrial intelligence, Thargoids or Guardians or whatever. Aliens. Aliens, yes, yes. Um, from presumably fairly close to us because um, we can only really see radio from a few hundred light years. It's, it's, yeah. it's ridiculous to think that people could jump sort of 65,000 light years away. Just impossible. Anyway, quite a lot of truckers took part in this. And David Torrens um, very kindly posted a list of some of the people who took part. Um, Morpheus, Bambi, Ian Porter, Aaron, who's a founder. John Simons, Matthew Cobb, Bull of Petunias, Dead Meat. Oh, did you know? Right. I did a little, yes. Yeah, okay. Um, Keldwan, Keith Comfort, and Derek. Um, so all of these all of these truckers took part in the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. And perhaps once the SETI people have finished analysing the results that they sent back, perhaps we might find that we are not alone. Mm. Mm. Yes. Okay. Is there any other news? Have I missed anything? Um. No, I think that's it. Mm, I don't think so. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll 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 perhaps tell you um what uh, Falco's guess is because it's always interesting to. I think he's the only person who's guessed so far. Although, although he's only had one song. So he's only had this one is song. A show in the dark. Well, do you think it? Do you think? Do you think I should let other people know what it is? It's yeah. Okay. His guess is Eddie Lee Wise and Sons and his daughters. Hmm. I'm sure they sell hose. Hosier. Hose. As well as flight suits. That's quite a good guess, isn't it? No cigar. Well, not yet. No. no. Indeed. So, the next thing that happens in the show is we have the community goals from Flossie. Or... 
we have the interstellar interviews from Flossie. Which is it this week, Flossie? It is the CCCGs. It's the CCCGs. The hot mess. The hot <laughs> mess. So, what tune would you like? Oh, what would I like? We haven't had the usual CG one for a while, have we? The CG one. Okay. It's the CG either way, isn't it? It's Flossy. It's Flossy. It's Flossy. It's Flossy. And the community goes. Hello, Flossy here with this week's CC CG News. And it's week eight of Hot Mess, which starts today. Places where mods can flourish are getting ever fewer. We are more than 71% up with over 39,000 stations complete and nearly 14,000 systems totally mods free. We now have seven commanders who have each delivered more than 1,000 mugs and several more may pass that threshold soon. Joining Doc Jack, Montgomery Python, Alter Ego and Time, Ra- Time Raider, Commanders NEMB and Comet Bourne have overtaken Rincewind Cymru to take the 5th and 6th spot on the board. We've got 286 Commanders who have signed up, that's another 18 just this week, and we're running at an average of over 137 mugs per pilot. Each week the average has been increasing, so keep up the good work, Commanders, and let's make the galaxy totally safe so that we can all enjoy ACM. We've continued to see evidence of Commanders cooperating in mugging whole systems. Commanders in small and medium-sized ships accompanying large ships to be able to reach all of the stations. Why not see if you can wing up and form a delivery wing and add some extra PWP to your day? That's all from me this week. Bye! Flossy told you what to do. Thank you, Flossie. Well, it's time for our second tune of the evening, and remember theme guesses to Commander Wotherspoon this week. I think that given the warning I got after the last raid, it's probably best if I don't comment further because it's Narcotic by Liquido. Powerful People Encyclopedia Galactica presents biographies of notable people in the galaxy. This week, Edmund Mahan. Always happiest in a suit, Edmund Mahan seems a natural in his present role. But he's in his last year as Prime Minister of the Alliance of Independent Systems and no Prime Minister has ever been elected to a second term. Where did the Alliance's longest-serving Prime Minister come from? And why? 118-year-old man has earthy roots. Born to a family of Marcorn farmers on Birmingham in the Deso system in 3187, the infant Edmund found himself a citizen of the Federation. This was because the system had been annexed 13 years earlier following the messy collapse of the galactic cooperative Galcop. 
As a diligent federal student, his talents were noticed early and he had no trouble earning a scholarship to study law when he turned 18 in 3205. Early on in his studies, which exposed him to examples of corporate exploitation, Mahan became disillusioned by what he perceived as corruption within the federal legal system. Faced with the choice of keeping his head down and profiting like everyone else, Mahan decided to rebel, quietly. He switched courses, choosing to study political science and studied hard to find out how to change the galaxy for the better, using politics. He didn't get to keep his scholarship money. A stipulation of being a federal scholar is that you're a loyal federal citizen. And a requirement of being a loyal federal citizen is that you don't criticise the federal government. One of the ways you're not supposed to criticise the federal government is by uploading holovids to your personal Galtube channel, calling for Deso to break away from the Federation to join the nascent alliance. Unfortunately, that's exactly what Edmund Mahan did. So, the young Edmund Mahan became a mixologist, inventing such exotic cocktails as the Indy Manhattan, made with Neritus berries, Burnham bile distillate, and with yellow Kuh froth, as well as copious amounts of Indy bourbon. So popular were his creations that he found himself promoted to manage the bar, which meant he no longer had time to mix his amazing drinks, and the bar he managed consequently lost many of its clients and began a slide into obscurity and eventual liquidation. However, Mahan claims that he gained valuable insights into how to manage a crowd from his time as a barman, namely, to give them alcohol until they stop complaining. Mahan's earliest foray into politics was to fail to be elected city mayor, a campaign that nonetheless won him widespread grassroots support as a reformer and it was on the strength of this popular support that he became part of the successful campaign led by Irene Mendel for Deso to leave the Federation and join the Alliance. The campaign took a long time. Mahan joined it when he was 27, and Deso's succession coincided with the year of his 100th birthday. But it was worth the 73 years he devoted to the struggle. He became Deso's first planetary representative in the Alliance Assembly, a post that he held continuously until his successful bid to become the Prime Minister for the whole Alliance shooting match. Strangely, after all that history, one of Mahan's first acts as Prime Minister was to refuse to help the successionists of Lu when they called for aid during their struggle against the Federation. As he explained to seven-year-old Jessica Braganza, who asked him what his favourite colour was during a school tour of the Prime Minister's residence, the authorities in Lou put out a call for aid. And what did the Alliance do? We turned them down. That would never happen on the hollows, would it? I would have been at the head of the Alliance fleet, taking down the Fed capship with a well-aimed torpedo up the tailpipe. But life isn't like the hollows. You need political and legal clarity. The Alliance is rigorous, you see. You can't join a voluntary association of free systems unless you can offer demonstrable proof of your freedom to choose. After hearing that explanation, young Jessica Braganza gave up her ambition to be a politician. 
but dreamy hippie ex-federal president Jasmina Halsey seems to have decided that Edmund Mahan was just what she needed and managed to persuade Mahan to appoint her head of drug-induced hallucinations within the Alliance cabinet. In 3304, the Alliance unexpectedly discovered that it had a president as well as a prime minister. The previously unheard of incumbent, Gibson Kincaid, tried to persuade the Alliance to grant him executive powers. Kincaid went around killing presidential candidates, discrediting Alliance admirals and attempting to usurp power, while Prime Minister Mahan muttered, Oh dear, that doesn't seem right at all. Somewhere in the background. It wasn't until the middle of 3305 that President Kincaid had his comeuppance, and the role of President was disbanded, leaving the Prime Minister back in charge of the Alliance. Quite what will happen when Edmund Mahan steps down is not clear. What will happen to his admittedly rather pointless Retributor Heat Damage Class 1 Fixed Mount Beam Laser? What will happen to the systems he has personal control over? Who will succeed him as Prime Minister? Will he invent any new cocktails? Tune in next week for another of the galaxy's powerful people. Well, there's something about that guy's voice that I find strangely smoothing, soothing even. Um, we haven't had very many more guesses. Commander Falker took is doing his very, very best on what is, I must admit, at the moment, a very, very tricky, tricky <laughs> couple, first couple of songs. Um, Falker's second guess, his first guess was Eddie Lee Wise. His second guess is drugs. Because church, religion, opiate of the masses. Yeah. I, can, I can see where he's yeah, going yeah, with that, but, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, no cigar. So do we get to say that Falco, he's wrong? Tell, tell Falco he's wrong? Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Falco, but yeah. you're wrong, boy. Mm. You need to yeah. try again. Hey-ho, well, let's, let's, let's have another tune and see if we get any, any closer. Right, so our third tune is about a time, now we're in 3306 at the moment, this is 1,264 years in the past. It's from a small collection of islands in a deep ocean on an Earth-like world. It's actually Sol 3, and it is 2042 by Japanese Breakfast. Well, howdy there, y'all. 
This here's Buck Naked, spokesman for Lacon Spaceways, back again for this week's Hutton Top Trucker. How do we keep up with your shenanigans while you tootle around in the Milky Way? Why, we install this little piece of software called the Hutton Helper in your spaceship. If you ain't already got it installed, you can install it yourself, relatively pain-free, by going to the website hot.forthemug.com. Almost as pain-free as having to speak British here in Texas, just to be understood. So let's get on to our top truckers this week. Yeehaw! From the Explorers, jumping around like them noisy crickets in a field, Commander Mindwipe jumped over 45,000 light years. I heard he was scooting from recording studio to recording studio to record his duets. Y'all be sure to give a listen to him. Commander Atig 2 kept hold of the trigger finger this week, turning the despicably dirty do-batter Don into Nachi and his band of pathetic pirates into space dust. He racked up almost 33.6 million credits worth of bounties while tearing the engines out of each and every one of the Don's ships. Running missions like no other, Commander Base Corgi, or Bass Corgi, racked in 337 mission points this week. I don't know if that's Bass as in he's a fish dog or Base as in he's a dog that plays bass. Y'all figure it out. Loading up the new trailer attachment to the rear of a Lacon Type 9 and filling it to the brim, Commander Operation IDA hauled darn near 62,000 tons of cargo around the galaxy and consumed a bit too much coffee in the process. Taking control of the Hutton High Speed Rail this week, Commander Kremen's Respite delivered exactly 4,500 passengers around the galaxy. Our fastest run to Hutton Orbital is held by Commander Brett Riverboat in 1 hour, 22 minutes, and 31 seconds. But the fastest run in this month of March is held by Commander Doc Jack in 1 hour, 22 minutes, and 49 seconds. If y'all think you got what it takes to beat these scores, then download the Hutton Helper and get to flying. You want to hear your name on this here radio station? Make sure you got the Hutton Helper installed. Pick it up on the web at hot.forthemug.com and get to trucking. And don't forget, if you do hear your name called out and you ain't already got one, get in touch with us to get your very own Hutton decal for your ship. Hutton Top Trucker. Brought to you by Lacon Spaceways, the only ships in the galaxy with a book of buck stories in the glove box. Speaking of which, I go into my local country eatery to get some lunch. Cute little waitress pops over with a hello and I say, I'd like a chicken salad sandwich and homemade chips, please. Now these homemade chips are made fresh sliced thin from the potato, seasoned, deep fried, OMG, good. Well, the new waitress brings out a chicken salad sandwich and french fries. That's when I hear the British accent in her voice. Ugh. Sadly, she ain't learned American yet, even though she's been here for over four years. And now, 
in my little backwoods eatery, I'ma have to be careful and ask for homemade crisps. Y'all bastards. So do we. Buck. <laughs> <laughs> so do we have any more guesses? Do we have any more guesses? Uh, no. None at all. Oh, come on, guys out there. You all should be guessing this. Guesses. Uh, Well, our fourth fourth tune should make the theme much easier to guess. It says here, but honestly, I don't see the point. It's Lagrange by ZZ Top. Is that finished yet? It's it's getting there. It's getting there. It's fading very, very, very slowly. It's It's gone away. Awesome. But why do you think it's an awesome song, Amelia? Uh, I mean, every ZZ Top song is inherently awesome. It's ZZ Top. It is ZZ Top. What is special about ZZ Top? Oh, sorry, ZZ Top. <laughs> ZZ Top. A band of my youth, for <laughs> one. Um, very, very cool band that I listened to in my uh, early teens. Yeah. They have beards. Two-thirds of, of them nostalgia. Have <laughs> Two-thirds of them have beards. Yes, very can- big beards, very pointy beards. And can you guess the uh, the gag about who has beards and who doesn't? Oh, it's Frank Beard who doesn't have a beard. Indeed. Ah, uh-huh. <laughs> okay. John. So, Mr. Wotherspoon, do we have any more guesses? Uh, not, oh, no, 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 no more guesses unless, uh. unless, no, no, nothing from Lethal Breaker. Well, okay. I, I, he, he has been making excuses to, I, I mean, I just think he's, you know, not, not able to get this one, you know, and I think he's making excuses. But. I think that's the more embarrassing reason, yes. The, the, and the less embarrassing <laughs> reason being that he's preparing for ECM with all, all, his, all his wonderful sort of cabling and networking and power and goodness knows what. I, I like the fact that in the script it says point the finger of blame Amelia. Yes. This who, week's <laughs> who was it chose this week's theme, Amelia? That, that yeah. was me. <laughs> right. And, you know, I, I'm glad nobody got it. It means, you know, exercises the brain muscles. I'm, I mean, I'm really glad Falco took took the time. Took, took. Falco took, took the time yes. um, <laughs> to send in some guesses. And they were very good guesses. I could see the, the reasoning behind them. Unfortunately, they, they weren't on the mark. Okay. Uh, we actually have another guess from Falco Took. Oh, brilliant! Okay. Um, I want I want to wait until he gives the gives his reasons, but he's come up with he's come up with a theme. Okay. <laughs> so, just so, in so, case uh, anyone else is listening, this is your chance to get your guesses in, and and you know even if they're wrong, it means you tried, and trying is what's important. Yes, indeed. Okay, right. So, Commander Falco Took's guess number three. The theme is. Buck naked. <laughs> he could probably stand to go to church. He drinks liquid narcotics, sake from Japan, and he's from Texas, like ZZ Top, which Folkatuk adds is, of course, very wrong. <laughs> um, nothing, nothing more need be said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, it um, is, it I'm is sorry, Folkatuk, wrong. it's wrong again. And, and 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 yes, I mean, sort of. I, I I'm not sure. I'm not sure how. I mean, this is this 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 whole thing started very 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 hard and obscure, and yes. then it's gradually getting easier. 
And it's got but to I the was... point now where I, I would probably be able to guess after the fourth one. Well, I wasn't going to make it easy on them. It's my first theme, you know, it's, yes. it's my first theme. So I'm not going to make it an easy one. And, you know, um, with um, Vantian having such a reputation and, and Simuf having such a reputation for really hard mm-hmm. um, brain teasers, I he had to make it. He calls himself Simuf, yeah. by the way. Sorry? He's Simon, so it's Simuf. Ah, Simon. Despite despite the spelling. Yeah. I'll need to remember that. Yeah. So well, shall we go through the do. songs and the answer? Yeah. Oh, oh okay. Okay. Um just a, just a just a final a final note from Folko Took. He's betting the last one something to do with Lagrange points. Or Lagrange points. But he couldn't put it together, and quite rightly so. I couldn't put it together either. So Good guess, but it um, is. I mean, definitely on the right lines. Well, yeah. kind of, kind, yeah, of, kind of, sort of. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not right though. Okay, so I think so another sh- guess might be coming in from Mindwipe. Okay, okay. Ooh. Just have to send the uh, guesses to to me. Come on, you can do it. I told him it was you. Okay. Let's let, let's go through the um through, through through the songs again. Do you want do you want to do it with or without emphasis? Let's do it with emphasis. Okay. Okay, so what's the first one? The first one is Take Me to Church by Hosier. So church is the keyword, is it? Church is the keyword there. Okay. Right. And then what's the second one? The second one is Narcotic by Liquido, and Liquido is the the word in that one. Okay, so we've got church and liquido. Okay. Right. Then we have 2042 by Japanese Breakfast, and 2042 is the is the key one to note there. 2042, okay, right. Okay. And then, <laughs> of course, we have Lagrange by ZZ Top, Lagrange being the emphasis in that one. Right, okay, so Lagrange, so, 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 so certainly Fulker was right um, that Lagrange was the key word. Yes. Hmm, okay. So do we have any answers, or do we have any more you see, guesses? I, I, I would probably, I, I, I would, to, to be honest, I would find the first two really, really difficult. But number <laughs> they, three they and are. four, sort of, I, I can see, I can see something in common between them, and I, it's because, it's because, when mapping was introduced to Elite Dangerous, mm-hmm. I tried to map around uh. that sort of part of the galaxy. Hmm. If that helps anyone. But um, I had to make it the hardest first, obviously. And then progressively easier. Brutally hard. Brutally, brutally hard. (laughs) Well, I'm nothing if not brutal. Right. Okay. So. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, actually, do you want to tell us what the last song will be? Okay. So the last song is Rigel Cantorus by a band called uh, To Each His Own. Okay, so the name of the song is Rigel Cantorus, but the yes. band is called To Each His Own. Okay. Yes. Great name. Okay. So, just a quick look. Nope, nope, nope no more guesses. So, um, okay, so Rigel, Rigel Cantorus, I mean, obviously does kind of help. Yeah. It's the giveaway. I, I feel it's a giveaway because, because I know that that is a star system. And I also logged a... Uh, a bug report with with um, Frontier Developments that I couldn't map 
a planet called Lagrange. Um, and so then, sadly, I, I sort of missed out on that when they, oh. when they put it into the game. And then 2042L1, I think, I think, I think it was a Graham MK map, that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So working, working backwards here. Um, but then, okay. So, 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 so I have some, you know, so I, I have 2042, I've got Lagrange and I've got Rigel Cantoris. They all make sense to me. Explain. Yes. Explain what this is <laughs> and how the first two, Liquido and Church, possibly fit into that. Okay. So fi- final, uh, final time. Do, do we have any more guesses just in case? Cause I'm going to have to give away the answer now. No. Uh, I think you're way too difficult here. <laughs> yeah, I think I was... Was I on the wrong keyboard then, or did you hear me? What did you say? No, I didn't hear anything. Oh, I told him to... Um, Mindwipe said he sent the guest to Eric. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> so I said, well, that's all good. He sent it to Peter. Anyway, Eric's no type... The Church of Ratzler, no, Eric's no typed it in Twitch chat. He has, yes. Yeah. Mindwipe says, my guess is the Church of Raxler. Jasmine uh, uh, um, I, I'm yeah. not. I have no idea how you got there, but I'm sorry you're wrong. Well, he, uh, you know, we don't know where Raxler is, so he could be yeah. right. But and, well, he could indeed, yes. <laughs> and, 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 goodness sake, there's church in there, isn't there? This is true, yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay, so... It's- Okay. It's also so, to me Raxler Church there and all of its involvement with Jasmina Halsey and involved. Yes. Yes, and I mean the the, the Jasmine Halsey thing, um um she if if you recall, sort of she um was on Starship One when it when it exploded and she spent um a couple of years drifting in a in an escape capsule. And when they eventually brought her around, she'd stopped being this um, belligerent federal president and and become a kind of kind of space hippie who 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 kind of felt that she'd been in touch with kind of extraterrestrial beings of some sort, the guardians of the galaxy. I can't imagine who the guardians of the galaxy might be. Um, <laughs> and you know that she she's kind of done a mind meld with them or something. So so but, you know there's something very mysterious about. Um, Jasmine Halsey's story, and she's now she's now, uh, of course, Edmund Mahan's um, um, advisor on extraterrestrial matters. Um, but uh, we haven't heard a lot from her recently because we haven't heard a lot from anybody since we stopped having Galnet. So, um, hmm, okay. So, uh, um, so. Um, yeah, yeah. Tell us about it. Explain it to me because I want okay. to know. Well, obviously, the theme. Uh, is obviously, obviously yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> Alpha Centauri, the system Alpha Centauri. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start with the the next song that's going to be played, and that's Rigel Cantorus by To Each His Own. Rigel Cantorus, um, well, Alpha Centauri was once known as Rigel Cantorus uh, um, at one point. Back along, they changed its name. Yes, Cantorus, of course, being the centaur. Yes. Okay, and Rigel, I think, is an Arabic name. Um, I believe it was, so. Yeah, it, 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 it was changed to Alpha, Beta, Gamma, Delta, and so on, um, sort yes. of based on the brightness of the stars in each of the constellations. But yes, Rigel is an older name for it. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so uh, then we had uh, 
Lagrange by ZZ Top. Obviously, Lagrange is a class one gas giant in Alpha Centauri. It is, yes, which is at a Lagrange point between yeah. Alpha Centauri and Proxima Centauri. So, yes. so, it, so it is. So the archetypal Lagrange um, planet, I suppose. Okay, right. Yeah. And then we've got, I mean, it starts getting harder now, obviously. We had 2042 by Japanese Breakfast. Now, um, orbiting Lagrange, or Lagrange, sorry, I know you, mm-hmm. you pronounce it differently. Lagrange, orbiting Lagrange, there's a rocky body in Alpha Centauri called 2042 L1. Now, why would it be called that? That's a good question. Why don't you tell us? It's because it was discovered in 2042, and it's Lagrange, or Lagrange, Planet 1. It's that easy. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it's, it's the um, naming strategy that's used for all bodies found in the solar system, and it also applies to any bodies found in, in other systems. And we're beginning to find quite a lot of them at the moment. So, so there you go. So 2042L1 is yeah. discovered in 2042, and it's Lagrange Planet 1. Yeah. Okay, now we're getting to the really, 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 <laughs> really, really, really obscure stuff. Yes. So next we had, uh, or rather earlier we had uh, a song called Narcotic by a band called Liquido. So right. Liquido is Spanish for liquid. Right, convince and me. And this is in, yeah, go on. sorry? Convince me of this. I mean, so to explain <laughs> why liquid has anything to do with Alpha Centauri. Okay, well, uh, it's in reference to the planet Eden, which was the first uh, liquid ever found outside of Sol. Okay, so the planet Eden, yes. first mapped by someone called Graham M. K. Um, has. Excuse me? He's known as Snuggles. Snuggles, okay. First mapped by Snuggles um, <laughs> is 70% rock, 30% yeah. metal, and 0% ice. However... However, its atmosphere is described as hot, thick water. Now, this is not a water world, but its atmospheric composition is 99.95% water. Wow. Which must take a bit of swimming around in. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So so it's a a slightly odd planet that has no ice, um, but has pretty much 100% water atmosphere. I guess that means it's steam. Well, I, I was very careful not to say water precisely, uh, and liquid because it was liquid. Yes, gas is a liquid, isn't it? Yes, yes, in in scientific terms. So yes, yes, you just about get away with that. So the first liquid found outside Sol was on the planet Eden, which is in Alpha Centauri, at least in 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 the Proxima Centauri, which is loosely aligned to Alpha Centauri. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, <laughs> skating on pretty thin sort of boiled boiled ice there. Okay. Okay. So the last one, or the, rather the first song, um, yep. was uh, a brilliant song called "Take Me to Church" by a band called, or rather a singer called Hosier. And now, this is in reference to Alden Prospect. Um, right. So, <laughs> how, how does church have anything to do with Alden? Okay, well, the Aldin is Arabic. It, it means excellence of religion. Right. Religion, excellence church. Excellence of religion, church. Excellence of religion, church, Aldin. But we all know that it's, a, it's, it's, it's just a misspelling for Alvin. <laughs> Alvin Prospect. Yes, yes. It's, it's, it's named after our leader. 
Okay, so so Aldin Church, fair enough. Um, Liquido Eden, okay. Uh huh. Um, 20, 2042, yes, I can see the link there. Lagrange, I can definitely see the link there. Rigel Centauri is very, very much, I can see the link there. But am I unusual in knowing that that's Alpha Centauri? Perhaps I am. Um, well, I wasn't going to make it easy on my first run. Maybe I'll make it easier because nobody guessed okay. on the next run. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. You know, I'm not gonna get too easy because <laughs> okay. you know, there's no fun if it's too easy. No, no, quite so. Um, yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. Um, excellent. Excellent puzzle. And yes. <sighs> I hope some people listening to the podcast managed to get them. <laughs> Jolly good. So, um, I think we're done for the night. Is there anything anybody else wants to say before we say good night and listen to Rigel Contorus? Just one thing. Go on then. For the mug. For the mug. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of the show. Everybody's buggered off now, so why don't you bugger?